America, the time is here. It's time to make a choice. Do you believe that America has never lived up to its promise? We've never lived up to it. Or do you stand with our president and believe in the greatness of America and its people? America is the greatest place on earth. Will you vote for a man beholden to Wall Street? Or a president who will ensure the prosperity of all hardworking Americans? One man wants to destroy our energy independence. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. While our president will fight with everything he has to protect it. Do you want socialism and tyranny? You're considered the most liberal United States senator. Or the promise of liberty and freedom? Do you support a party that tears down our country? They're not going to stop and they should not. Or a president who will build a future for our nation greater than ever before? America. The time for choosing is here. We can save this great nation together. Less than 12 hours away. Less than 12 hours away for this country to decide if we're going to take the biggest step towards socialism we ever have or if we're going to step up and say enough. And uh, we're going to talk about it all night. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Pastor Daryl Scott's going to join us here in a second. Um, Paul Nolan's going to have the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emrani's going to have sports. Geo France here. And here we are, 12 hours away. Polls open, at least here in New York, 6 a.m. And I'll be there right at 6 a.m. And wherever your polls open, make sure you're there. I don't care how long the lines are. I don't care what you think. You stay there till your vote is in and it counts. Every single vote's going to count. And I dare say it's going to count in New York, too. Damn it. Yeah. 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 Finally. So we're yeah. going to talk about that. We've got everyone's electoral map. Mine will be last at the close of the show. But everybody did their electoral map, and we'll go over those. But right now, please welcome back to the show one of my favorite guests, Pastor Daryl Scott. How are you, sir? Great. How about yourself? Very, very good. We're always happy to have you on. Thank you for giving us a few moments. So um, here we are, twelve hours, less than 12 hours away from the polls opening in places here on the East Coast. Uh, I guess give me your overall thoughts. I think tomorrow is somewhat a referendum on the president, which I'm fine with, but I think it's a bigger referendum on the left, how far left they've gone, and if this country is going to say, no, 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 socialism's not coming here. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm in absolute agreement with you. I'm reminded of that Carly Simon song, Anticipation. You know, there's a great sense of anticipation uh, in this country. And with myself, I woke up this morning. My wife was like, what's wrong? I said, we got, the election is tomorrow. And, you know, so you have that, that nervous um, anticipation, that nervous enthusiasm. But, you know, it, it's, it's sad. The, 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 the sad part about this entire election that makes this one more um, different than any other election is the collusion 
by the left-wing media with one political party to affect this election. As much as the media talked about election interference and election tampering, they're the ones that are the most guilty of it, this left-wing media, the way they're colluding against this president with the Democratic Party to uh, accentuate any negativity and to minimize any positivity out of the Trump administration and to cover Joe Biden's gaffes, his flaws, his outright lies, his misdeeds, his criminal activity, to, to suppress that, to minimize it, while trying to maximize any and everything that they consider to be an indiscretion on behalf of President Trump is downright disgusting. And I'm hoping it's not a microcosm of this entire country because this behavior is, is bad. It's very, very bad. So speaking of, um, you know, voter suppression, voter fraud, some of the funny business that we hope we don't see. I don't know if you saw the attorney general in the state of Pennsylvania today. Now, you've already got the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, Supreme Court of the United States, not giving us um, not really putting us in a position to try to keep as much of the nonsense out of Pennsylvania as they could. Thanks to Chief Justice Roberts, of course. But today. The Attorney General of Pennsylvania tweeted this. He said, if all the votes are added up in Pennsylvania, Trump is going to lose. That's why he's working overtime to subtract as many votes as possible from this process. For the record, he's 0-6 against us in court. We've protected voting rights. Now ignore the noise and vote. So um, I'm wondering how the Attorney General of Pennsylvania knows the outcome of the election uh, a day before the polls close. Uh, you're right. And he's saying when all the votes are counted, Trump is going to lose. And he said it not as a matter of conjecture. He said it as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, and I'm like you. And, you know, there's, you know, this entire, the, the way the Democrats fought for the, the, uh, the, to not have to have IDs to vote and the way they fought for the mail-in balloting and all that, it shows right there that they have larceny in their heart. <laughs> they don't have good intentions that they want to win this election by any means possible. And they have some tricks up their sleeve to try to sway things in their favor. But you know, this president has, he has a head of steam going right now. There's so much momentum on our side right now that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for favorable outcomes. Uh, but I'm not putting past putting anything past the Democrats as far as this underhandedness is concerned. In fact, I expect it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, I think everybody feels the momentum in the you know, swinging in the president's favor. We all see the rallies and the cars and the boats and all of that. But let's talk about the polls for a second. If we were to believe CNN, all of the major media, the CNN poll, the MSNBC poll, they all they all kind of partner with somebody. It's Yahoo and ABC or ABC, whatever. All these polls that include some major media part of it, they're all telling us Biden's up 17 here, 12 there, 10 here. Realistically, if they were right, this would be the shortest Thursday night because at the top of the hour, every time a poll closed, we should be able to call these polls within seconds, according to them. But um, I have a feeling they're not going to be able to do that. And it's, it's going to be, you know, we've never polled during a pandemic, number one. We've never had this much early voting. So I would argue, and I'm interested to see what you think, that they could be worse this year, given all of that, than they were four years ago. I'm in agreement with you. You know, I was talking to someone at the White House the other day. In fact, I talked to the president on Friday night. 
And I said to him, I talked to the president Friday night. I actually talked to him. He was on Air Force One leaving Minnesota. And I talked to Jared Kushner on Saturday morning. And I said to both of them, I said, right now, we're in better shape than we were at this same time four years ago. And they both agreed with it. Remember, Joe Biden said that he was going to shut it down for the final nine days of the campaign. Now, if he was that far ahead, why would he why would he come back out of hiding? He came back out from the basement and he's back out there and he's actually trying to do multiple stops per day. That shows you something right there. Joe Biden was in my hometown, Cleveland, Ohio today in Cuyahoga County, which is one of the bluest areas <laughs> in the state. Why would you be here in Cleveland, Ohio today in, a, in, a, in an area that you supposedly had it on lock? But you're here campaigning. It's because they know that those polls are slanted, those polls are weighed, those polls are skewed, and they cannot be trusted. Yeah. When the president calls me from Air Force One, usually I talk to Jared the next day, too. So that's good to know that you're doing this. <laughs> um, let me ask you about um, one of the things I'll be watching for in places like Miami-Dade is this African-American vote. Rasmussen has a poll out that daily... Uh, support if the if the election were held today for the president, uh, I believe today it was a, it's it's kind of hovered, but today was about 42 percent. Um, you're hearing Democrats getting nervous about the African American vote turning out in Miami Dade. That's it's it's higher than they would have thought for the president, less for Biden. Same thing with Latinos. Um, where do you stand right now? What do you think the president will receive? I'm looking at, to be quite honest, you know, the 8% that we got in 2016, that's secure. I mean, if we double it, which is what some are saying right now, uh, I talked to uh, someone earlier, they said it was around 15, 16%. If we double it, that's good. I'm looking at realistically, optimistically, about 22 to 24%. That's my optimistic forecast. But listen, my business partner today, right here in Cleveland, Ohio, in Cuyahoga County, once again, one of the bluest counties in the country. I'm talking about historically blue. He went to vote. He said the lines were around the corner. And he said, and you know, he's he's not like me. You know, I'm I'm rather subdued and, and quiet and shy and passive. <laughs> he's an over-the-top, <laughs> he's an over-the-top personality guy. And he said he was asking every black person in line, who y'all voting for? And it was unanimous. Every single one of the black people in line said Donald Trump. And this is in a historically black area. You know, I really believe that. Biden is nervous about that black vote. That's why he trotted Barack Obama out to tell his lies and to tell his uh, his revisionist history. Uh, but, you know, he's trotting him out and sending him to places like Detroit and other places this late in the campaign because he does not feel that he has the black vote. He does not have the percentage of the black vote that he thinks he that he wants or that he thinks he needs. But I think the support in the black community for the president is going to be overwhelming because, you know, and. In 2016, they painted this nightmare scenario for us. They were like, you know, if Trump gets in, it's going to be Ku Klux Klan riding down the street. If Trump gets in, all the black people are going to get lynched. I had a guy pull up to me at a gas station and said, you know, if Trump gets in office, we're all going to be shipped back to Africa. And it's been, and that was about the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. I, I thought to myself, I said, man, what's going to happen? We're going to get, you know, the next morning after the election, we're going to get a, a, all the black people show up at the docks. Will you have to go to the docks in Miami and here? And they're going to put us all on boats and drop us off where? Where the heck in Africa they going to take us to? 
<laughs> so, but they really believed that. And so, you know, they painted this nightmare scenario. And if you want to know the truth, you know, when I get to thinking about all the things he's done for the black community in less than four years, you've got criminal justice reform, prison reform, historic low levels of funding for HBCUs, urban revitalization initiatives, opportunity zones, the platinum plan. He designated Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthplace as a national landmark. You're talking about he posthumously pardoned Jack Johnson, the first black heavyweight champion. That's eight different things I named in less than four years. That's about every six months he's coming out with something new for black people that is positive towards the black community. We're in a time we've never had another president. Like every six months is something new. It's something new. It's something new. And the black community is aware of that. And so when you look at guys like Little Wayne, 50 Cent, uh, Ice Cube, you know what they did? They made business decisions. Yeah. Business decisions. They didn't. They, they're not making emotional decisions like they tried to get us to make in 2016. They're making business decisions. They're saying which president is giving me the best chance to have the best life as an American citizen that I want to live, and it's Donald Trump. Well, it's like the president said in the op-ed he penned the other day, to his letter to Black America. He said, you know, four years ago, you asked, I asked you, what do you have to lose? Going into 2020, it's it should be how much more do we have to gain? So. Uh, You're absolutely right. Well, Pastor Scott, I love having you on the show. Thank you so much for a few moments. And uh, let's uh, let's go vote tomorrow. Make it count. Right. Hey, thanks. Now, I know I over-talked y'all, but that's all right. I had to get, I had to get in it. That's why, that's why we love having you on. I love this show. I love this show. And uh, thanks. Awesome. Hey, let's get out there. Get out and vote, 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 vote tomorrow. That's it. Bring five people with you. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started. That guy's cool. On a Monday night on Real America's Voice. That guy's fun, boy. Less than 12 hours away. He's great. Time to step up. Great interview, dude. We're just normal people talking about the issues. The way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday night, just getting started. Most important two uh, two days here of our lives. Um, Bernie Carrick's going to join us at 8.30, former police commissioner of the New York City Police Department under Mayor Giuliani. He'll be joining us at 8.30. Pastor Daryl Scott was just on. He was great. He's always fantastic. Well, he's fun, man. We got lots to do. Paul's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amarani's going to do sports. I've got a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, including another edition of Is This English? Thanks to Joe Biden. <laughs> and uh, this could be the last couple uh, Is This English or Crazy Towns that we ever uh, ever have here. That's one of the downsides, I guess. No, it doesn't matter. That's not nearly as important as saving the damn country. So uh, we'll come up with something else. Well, another moron will emerge and we'll yeah. start having to hit Chris Cuomo's quotes and we'll use Don Lemon. We'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. So let's go over some housekeeping stuff. Uh, as far as tomorrow night, we'll be on the air 8 to 10. Uh, America's Voice is going to have this thing covered all day. It's You just got to lock it into America's Voice and just keep it on all day long. Everyone's going to cover every angle of this. We're going to have people in all the cities that are going to matter. We're going to have correspondents everywhere. Ben Burkwam, everybody's going to be out there. 
Uh, Dr. Gene is going to be on. Eric Greitens will have it covered. Uh, the Water Cooler with David Brody. I'm sure John Solomon will be all over. We'll be on 8 to 10. Dr. Gene is going to head up at 10 o'clock election night coverage after us. I mean, we're going to have it covered top to bottom. So you wake up tomorrow morning, you go vote to save the country, and then you come home and put it on and lock it in, and there you go for the rest of the day. And we're going to have as much coverage from every angle as possible all day long on Real America's Voice. And we're going to have great guests, uh, correspondents on the field, and uh, it's going to be good. So a uh, bunch of stuff to go through tomorrow. So just so you know, what what polls are closing where? And again, um, if you listen to ABC, NBC, this is going to be a short night, but I'm going to give you this, these times anyways. At 6 p.m. Eastern time, Indiana uh, closes, Kentucky closes. Now in Kentucky, and I don't, I don't know if, well, Kentucky, it'll be interesting to see if, um, if old Mitch gets by Amy, uh, what's her name there, easily in Kentucky. It'll be interesting to see if Kentucky easily goes for the president. So I don't, I don't know that Kentucky's a bellwether for anything, but that'll be our first little, our first little look at some results possibly at 6 p.m. At 7 p.m. is really going to be the first telltale sign because Florida closes at 7 p.m. Um, Eastern. Some of it's in the central time zone, the state, but most of it's in the eastern time zone. So what Florida's doing, thanks to the governor, when he came in, got rid of some of the crackpots that were in charge of tallying votes in Florida. If you remember four years ago, that woman who was in Broward County, disaster, total disaster, no clue what was going on. So he got rid of her and got rid of a bunch of other people. So hopefully Florida's got it together. And they've been taking in, obviously, huge, almost 9 million, I believe, is the number, which represents about 63% of the total votes in 2016. So more than half of the electorate in Florida has already voted by mail. And they've been collecting it and getting ready to tally it. So he, I heard the governor today say at 7 o'clock, we're going to have a very good idea of what's going on in Florida. And if Trump wins Florida... Number one, if he wins it. Number two, how he wins it. Does he win it by more than three points? Is going to be a very big telltale sign on probably what's going to happen Georgia, Arizona, and places like that. So 7 p.m., even before we get on the air, maybe we'll, maybe we'll start the Facebook stream a little early. Well, uh, 7 p.m. is going to be a big, a big hour. Florida at 7, Georgia at 7, which you're hearing is... I mean, you're hearing Georgia is really up for, for um, toss-up. Uh, New Hampshire, South Carolina. We'll see what happens with Lindsey Graham. South Carolina literally could determine who holds the Senate. Uh, the Democrats need to flip plus four in the Senate unless they win the White House, which then it's only plus three because they'll have the vice president to break the tie. So South Carolina is going to be a huge deal. There's two Senate races there. Lindsey Graham's is one of them. Now, supposedly the momentum has swung towards Lindsey in the last couple days. I don't know if that's the case. I haven't looked at the polls, but supposedly he's doing better. He was on with Sean last night and said that, you know, he still needs LindseyGraham.com. Go help him out. <laughs> Every time I hear him on, it's LindseyGraham.com. It's like, oh, man, he's stressing it. Vermont and Virginia. And the only thing I would say about Virginia – don't expect Virginia. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, Virginia was a pretty solid red state for a long time. 
And then you have Terry McCall off in the, in the crackpot that's in there now, the governor. It's, it's really, it's changed its demographics and now it's pretty uh, reliable blue state. Right. Well, but they, it, they, they redrew some of the districts too, which affected all that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Virginia. Maybe, maybe not. But certainly Florida and Georgia at 7 p.m. is a huge deal, especially Florida. Uh, so that's at 7. 7.30, North Carolina, Ohio, and West Virginia. That's at 7.30. And then at 8 o'clock. So as we come on the air officially at 8 tomorrow, uh, Alabama will close. Connecticut will close. Delaware, District of Columbia, Illinois, Kansas, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Missouri, New Jersey, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, which could be the whole ball of wax, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas, which, I mean, if, you, if, if Texas is as close as they say, then it's going to be a long night, but I don't believe it is, and no. Texas. And remember on the uh, Ted Cruz a couple of years ago, they said, oh, he's in trouble, he could lose, blah, 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 it's going to be close. He ended up winning pretty handily. Against Beto. Right, on an off year. So you can just imagine this year, I think it's going to be even more red than normal. And Texas uh, is another split state. Some of it closes at 9 because it's uh, mountain time. So 8.30, Arkansas, you'll have. And then at 9 o'clock, so in our second hour, we've got Arizona. That's going to be huge. Colorado, uh, probably not. Uh, Louisiana, Michigan could be huge. Minnesota could really, if the night's going the president's way, Minnesota would be one of those just really shoving it, uh, you know what, <laughs> uh, to them. Nebraska, New Mexico, New York, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. That's at 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock, Idaho, Iowa, Montana, Nevada. Be interesting to see what happens in Nevada. And then Utah, and then 11 p.m., uh, California, Oregon, and Washington, and then Alaska, Hawaii at midnight. So that's your rundown of closing times. And realistically, 7 p.m. is going to be – the start of a really important stretch. Florida, Georgia, there at 7 p.m. And um, we'll see what happens there. So uh, a couple things. Well, we only got a minute here, so I don't have time to get into it. But that's your rundown for tomorrow night. So um, Rick Delgado, what will you be looking for early on <laughs> in the evening? Um, have you thought about it? Yeah, uh, yes, and uh, I feel like I'm the most optimistic of the, gr- of the group here. That's fine. Um, I, I, you know what? Again, this, this is the same optimism I had in 2016 when everybody said he didn't have a chance. And I just, I just kept looking around going, hmm, no. Uh, <laughs> so, something's different here. So, something is different. And you're starting to hear that from other people as well, saying, you know what? Something is different. They're seeing things. They're hearing things. They're, you know, uh, they're saying, oh, well, Democrats are coming out. Yeah, but you don't know who they're voting for because, again, they don't recognize this Democrat party anymore. And you hear that complaint a lot. And, you know, I'm sorry, but they, 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 even if they're not, like, big fans of Trump, they'll be like, I ain't voting for those lunatics. They'll hold their nose and they'll pull it, pull it for the red. Okay. Live from Studio 6B, we'll do more of this. We'll go to the audience. We'll get your ideas. What are you looking for early in the night? Do you think we'll be going to be going for weeks? Do you think we'll know tomorrow night? Do you think we'll know in a couple days? We want to know everything that you're thinking as we go into this most important election of our lifetime. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday. More to do. We're back right after this.
The American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're gonna be there. We're gonna be fair, we're gonna be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's Voice. All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. We were going to be joined by uh, Bernie Carrick here, former New York City Police Department uh, commissioner. But uh, I think he was in Oklahoma today speaking at a rally. So we may have some, um, we're having an issue connecting, and that's fine. We'll keep trying. If we get him, we'll uh, put him on. Uh, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night, 30 minutes past the hour. Paul's going to do some news here in one second. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to do sports. What's coming up in sports, uh, Rick? I didn't even ask you. Well, Trevor Lawrence. I like that no- jacket, by the way. Is that your <laughs> Prince jacket? One of them. One of okay. many to go with my good. beautiful LFS6B Army yeah. shirt. Yeah. Um, it matches so, his pants, too. Yeah. yeah. So NASCAR Championship 4 birth is all set for Phoenix next okay. weekend. Big win by Chase Elliott last night. And okay. Trevor Lawrence is no longer the Heisman Trophy frontrunner. Okay. No longer. And, and the Masters is coming up sometime in November, which I just, I don't yeah. know. Something about that just, I know it's a crazy year, but the Masters in November just that, that doesn't work. But... Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, let's do some news here. Uh, before we get into some clips that I have, Newt Gingrich was on with David Brody this afternoon. I'll play you what he thought. Uh, but let's do the news with Paul Nolan. What's going on, Paul? Well, I'm going to start with the optimistic stuff here. President Trump holds a lead of uh, Joe Biden in states of Ohio and Michigan, according to the Trafalgar Group. Okay. Uh, in a poll, likely uh, voters conducted from October 30th and 31st. Trump had a 48.3% support in Michigan compared to Biden's 458 And on the polls, numbers included those were leaning toward um, one or the other. It was The poll has a margin of error of uh, just short of 3%. And and Biden currently leads Trump uh, by five points in Michigan, according to Real Clear Politics. This is Michigan you're talking about? Yeah, Michigan. Well, so, if you leave in Mich- if you live in Michigan and you saw what Ava Perone put out today, that she's going to start fine- finding people six thousand dollars. Psychotic. I-, I mean, I don't know how the whole damn state doesn't vote because if you vote for Biden and he wins, you you won't be able to leave in Michigan. You won't be able to leave your house. Or um, have people, you'll have no Thanksgiving, no Christmas, no New Year's, no Valentine's Day, no Easter, no uh, summer. You'll have nothing. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Because let me, just, let me just say this. For those of you who listen to Joe Biden, who think for one damn second that he, as he says, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut down the virus. <laughs> that is such utter nonsense. He's going to do nothing. He's going to do nothing. He's going to do nothing that the president hasn't already done or is trying to do. He's going to do nothing different. He's going to have no different effect. He's, all he's going to do is lock down everything, lock you down, prevent you from living your life, prevent you from running your business, prevent you from going to church, prevent you from having friends, being social. That's what the only thing he's going to do. He's going to force you to wear a mask. He ain't going to do crap as far as holding the virus down or uh, doing anything different than the president's done. He, he was a disaster on H1N1. The guy's a disaster overall. He can barely speak at this point, and um, he's going to do nothing. So if you live in Michigan and you think he's your answer, well, good luck with that. Because him and your governor, Ava Perone there, who thinks she's ruling over Argentina, 
will uh, be lockstep together, and you'll be basically chained to a table in your basement like he was the whole campaign. I sound angry, don't I? Are you I? done? A little bit. Are yeah. you done? Can I get back to the good news? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big fella. Take it easy. He's scaring everybody. Good. <laughs> Hopefully into voting. The Trafalgar poll also uh, conducted on October 30, 31st. And Trump had a 49.2% support in Ohio compared to Biden's 44.4. That also has a 2.96 uh, margin of error. But um, some optimism there. You want to take a run at Ohio right now while, while you're on a roll today? No, no. I, I, the Trafalgar group was closer than everybody else in 16, so I'll, 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 uh, I'll go with what they uh, are thinking in Ohio. Yeah, the helmet uh, north, whatever, uh, you know, from Stony Brook. Helmet north, but yeah, from yeah. Stony Brook. He's got it, a complete landslide. I mean, he's got 370 <laughs> electoral Oh, wow, votes. he did better Sounds than like me. Sounds like Rick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My, if you guys see my map, it's a, a shutout. It's the first shutout in election history. We... Win every state. Well, you didn't do a map. <laughs> nah, I did my own, but I'm not sharing with anybody. You got to buy mine online. Okay. All right. Would you stop being a bully today? What's with you? <laughs> Hold on a sec, guys. Can we cut? I want to talk to Damon for a second here. Can we do some more news? Is that possible? Yeah, we can. Just be polite, for God's sakes. All right. Nearly three quarters of Americans are aware of the controversy surrounding Biden and his family's overseas business deals, and a majority of those who know about the allegations believe. Them to be true, according to Just the News and Scott Rasmussen's latest poll. Uh, a total of 72% of the 1,200 likely voters surveyed between October 29th and the 31st said they had seen, read, or heard news stories concerning allegations that Joe Biden had lied and was selling influence to China and Ukraine for benefits of his family. Among likely voters familiar with the allegations, 53% they believe Biden was selling influence to China and Ukraine. Men were slightly more likely than women to believe the allegations the poll found. I'd say I read this in Just the News, and I find this to be a stunning poll that it's really cutting through like this, because I'll, I'll tell you why. Can you think of another issue that three quarters of the American people are on top of like this report says that they are? You think they are about uh, uh, border security or... Um, immigration uh, policy or uh, th can you think of something that three quarters of the American public is is really up on and really it's cutting through like that I found that to be an incredible report quite quite frankly yeah I, I honestly was a little disappointed I thought everybody in the world should know how absolutely criminal that family is <laughs> and what they have done and the and the ramifications that come with that deal it's way worse than anything we've ever seen, in my opinion. And we're talking about selling influence at the expense of the American people and the energy companies that he's dealing with are crooked, are crooked. And the compromised things he did to his son, who has all kinds of problems, I, this is not a man with an ounce of morality within him. And I just can't believe everybody doesn't know about it. I can't believe 90% of the people don't believe it to be real. So I was disappointed by those numbers. Well, I, I would say I'm pleasantly surprised because I would have thought with all the, you know, stomping down from social media, news, you know, CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Washington Post of the world, nobody, you know, nobody covering it, nobody really going after the story and it's still cutting through. That means people are going elsewhere to find their news, which is great. 
which I, I, you know, let's face it, we need more, you know, we need more of the truth out there instead of, you know, have, having what's being told to us as opposed to let us figure it out, let us see the facts, and we'll make the determination. And you also wonder if the, the uh, big tech censorship uh, in some ways kind of backfired on that story. That well, it actually drew more attention to it. I oh, think yeah. that's a great point. I think that makes a great point, right, Rick? Like that so many people are also so sick of being lied to. I think we talked about this once before when the steroid scandal happened in baseball and uh, Andy Pettit just admitted it and said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, and everyone let it go. But Roger Clemens demanded that he never did a thing, A-Rod. and everybody hated him forever. A-Rod, too. You know, like these guys, they find that people just don't want to be lied to. Nope. You know, you mess yeah. up, be accountable, say, I'm sorry, I screwed up. I'm just a regular guy doing the best I can. Yeah, the cover-up's always worse than the initial, uh, if you just come out and said, okay, yeah. Yeah, so. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any more news you want to do now? Yeah, it's up to you. If yeah. you want to roll, I got a, just one more quick one. Then President Trump has secured a sizable seven point lead in Iowa uh, over Biden, according to the Des Moines Register and, uh, you know, the uh, Mediacom Iowa poll. The poll of likely voters from October 26th to the 29th down 48 percent for Trump. 41 backing Biden, and um, at least uh, this has a 3.4 margin of error in this poll. So just a little more good news. Um, you know. Yeah, because you you would think um, that's going to help Joni Ernst hopefully get over the because every every Senate race is important. Every every race is important. Every down ticket race is important. But with the president on the ballot, you figure the states that he carries, you would think. The Senate races in the House, more Senate races they'll carry, right? So, like, if if in Flor, I mean, in in, um, in South Carolina, you would think if he wins there, that you would think Lindsey Graham would both of those Senate races would pull through. If he in Iowa, if he's doing that well, you would think that um, that she'll she'll pull through as well because she's been in a tough race. If he wins Arizona, you would hope that McSally pulls through, and not. Uh, Give it up to the other guy. So the down ticket races are going to be important, how he does in these states and if, if he pulls these Senate races with him. Because, again, oh the Senate's going to be – the Senate could come down. But, and, and if, by the way, in South Carolina they don't get over 50%, then you're going to a runoff, which wouldn't happen until I think January. Right. So that, <laughs> could you imagine having to wait till January to no. a runoff in South Carolina to see who takes control of the Senate? Now, obviously, if the president wins, it's a little less uh, panicky. But could you, if Biden wins and then the Senate goes to a runoff? Oh, what a disaster that would be, case scenario. That would be the worst case scenario. Well, not as worse as the idea of Kamala Harris being the president, but pretty close. Imagine the first State of the Union, TV screens cracking everywhere, just speakers popping. Yeah. Oof. So uh, a couple things like we can get to here. Let's get to Newt because I thought Newt was um, cut four G. Newt was on with David Brody today on the water cooler, and David Brody just said, "Well, let me ask you the first question here. Where are we?" Here's what he said: "I think uh, Trump wins with 324 electoral votes. I think that uh, the uh, left is will be in total shock by the end of the evening. Trump will get a." <laughs> A much larger share of the black vote than any Republican since 1960. Uh, he will do surprisingly well with Latinos. Uh, he will have an enormous, almost unimaginable turnout in rural and small town America. Um, 
I was just being told a while ago about a Trump rally in Arizona that had 96 miles of cars mm -hmm. with Trump flags. 96 miles. Uh, yeah. That's a level of enthusiasm. You watch two or three uh, Biden events, and then you watch two or three Trump events, you can't have any doubt about where the weight of enthusiasm is. In fact, my guess, we've not been able to do the math, but my guess is that there are more people at one Trump rally than at every Biden event this fall combined. That's how big the difference is. A good friend of mine is from Rome, Georgia, uh, and last night Donald Trump had somewhere between 30 and 50,000 people. Oof. Rome has a population of 36,000, so he may have actually <laughs> had more people in Rome than, uh, than, than, than lived there. They came in wow. from Tennessee, from uh, Alabama, uh, all across North Georgia. I just think that's going to be a weight of excitement, enthusiasm, that by tomorrow night will make Trump uh, reelected. He had 56,000 in Butler, PA the other night. Last night in Florida, down in, I think it was close to Miami, or it was in Miami, um, 30, 40,000. And I mean, they were just insane. And this was 11, 30, 12 o'clock, his fifth rally of the day. And I think he's coming up to his fourth one of the day today, right now. I don't know where he is right now, but I think he's going Wisconsin, then he's going to end tonight in Michigan, same place he ended four years ago. So he's in Kenosha right now. Okay, so he's about to be. So we may dip in and listen to a little bit of it. He's the strongest man in the world. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Live from Studio 6 p.m. on Monday. More to do. Glad you're in. That's a good-looking shirt. It is. We're just normal people talking about the issues. The way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday night, day before the election. Polls open at 6 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Paul's here with some news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to do sports. I've got some, uh, I have another, is this English? We haven't done any of our electoral maps. So let me start with this one because this could be important. So DraftKings, who is the um, online uh, fantasy sports and now regular betting um, house for all sports and all kinds of games and all kinds of stuff did a contest about the electoral map and um, they took 350 plus thousand entries and they put it all together and here is the electoral map according to their Three hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> entries. That looks like your map. That almost looks like mine. This is where all the this is the money. Paul, I gave him Colorado too, though. So this is the wow. DraftKings sports book. Who will win the election? Uh, where people would put their money, and I and I'll tell you this, and Paul knows this better than anyone. 
I give way more weight to this than any polling place calling up 1,500 likely voters and saying, oh, hey, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think? And the guys at work trying to eat lunch going, yeah, 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 bye, bye, whatever. They just want to get off the phone. These is people, real money. Where are you going to bet it? So right. <laughs> I put a lot more stock in that than I do in something else. So People put their money where their mouth is. All right, so now we're going to do sports. So speaking of sports, Rick Emirati, you have a map. Let's do Rick, Rick A. Amirati's map. So here it is. So uh, let's go. I, I like screen. that DraftKings map now that I think about it a lot <laughs> so better. You have 272 Trump. I can't really see it, G. Can you put it full? And I got 266 it Biden. So just looking at this. Now you have Georgia going to Biden. I don't trust Georgia. As okay. Long as Jimmy Carter is still alive there, I don't trust Georgia. Okay, New York. You have uh, so you have oh you have Michigan. So you don't think he's going to pull out Michigan? No, I think Wisconsin and Minnesota in the NFC North. There, that's what I took. I couldn't. I couldn't get myself. <laughs> Michigan could go either way, but uh, so, so you gave him. You gave him Michigan. I gave him Michigan. First time since '72 that would be. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, you pretty much Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada. You you said stayed blue. Arizona, the Arizona. Arizona. I was I struggled with Arizona very much. So as well with Nevada. I know we got a lot of fans over there, and I I see a big push. You know, now that I'm sitting on the show, I think I should have went a little stronger for the president. But I've just you know with this fraud and everything, I wanted to be true to myself and just know that everything west is going to be very difficult. And uh, I know the north is always a killer. You know, on the eastern seaboard. Okay. All right, uh, that's Rick. So he's still have winning, 272. That's enough. Uh, 270 is what he needs. So uh, now tell us what's going on in sports, Bell. Okay, big day. Well, uh, right now we got Monday Night Football, and the New York Giants lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 7-3. I don't think that's going to last for long, but they are up 7-3. Daniel Jones with a touchdown pass to Deion Lewis, seven-yard TD pass early in the first quarter. Uh, and Chase Elliott races into NASCAR championship as Kevin Harvick is eliminated. Uh, Martinsville Speedway, Martinsville, Virginia. Yesterday, Chase Elliott won the high-stakes race to earn his first career berth in the championship four. It stopped Harvick one race short of the title round in a stunning collapse in a season spent as the favorite to win the comp. Harvick was the lead guy all year and uh, just boom, right at the end. So Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin and Joey Logan will race for the big championship four, and that will be in Phoenix next weekend. We'll be looking forward to that. Joey Logano. Yes. Joey Logano. What do they say? <laughs> Logan. Oh, Joey Logano. Uh, thank you, Big D. No uh, BG, Bermuda, PGA, uh, Bermuda Championship Tournament, Port Royal Golf Club. Southampton Bermuda, lovely Bermuda, real warm-up. Big D, the Masters, November 12th is the start for that. Uh, and the winner was Brian Gay. Uh, he had a four-day 15-under for a 269 total. Gay rallied from a three-shot deficit on the back nine, hit a gap wedge to, for a three-foot birdie on the 18th hole for a seven-under 64 and beat Wyndham Clark, who was really the second guy all weekend. And uh, on the first extra hole with a 12-foot birdie putt, in the Bermuda Championship. Gay is 48 years old, and he graduated college from Florida six months before Clark was born. So just because he showed you, the old guy didn't do too bad. Um, and 
Uh, free agent John Lester spent $47,000 on beer for Chicago fans in possible farewell. This is a great story. Uh, free agent hurler John Lester has pitched his last game for the Chicago Cubs. He's going out on a high note with the fans. Lester, who's 36 years old, bought beers for patrons over Halloween weekend at four Chicago bars, tweeting out his tab, which included a 34% tip, the same number he wore on his uniform. Lester spent $47,094.90 between Friday and Sunday, which included a $31,000 tip on Miller Lights and $16,000 in gratuities. Um, he said, he tweeted, thanks for coming out this weekend, y'all. Uh, yesterday, we added 1,372 Miller Lights to my tab, bringing our grand total to 4,838. Shout out to all the bars, their staff, and those cheering from afar. Whether this is goodbye or see you next year, I love you, Chicago. And we know that uh, he was famous for his uh, MVP and LCS championship uh, you know, MVP. That was fantastic uh, back, back in the day. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, football. Picking up the tab to get the um, constituents drunk. That's not a bad idea. It works for me. Yeah. (laughs) They'll be lobbying for him from the great uh, state of uh, great city of Chicago. So uh, and football. So we had a great weekend with football. Michigan State upset number thirteen, now number twenty three. Michigan twenty seven to twenty four. I mean Harbaugh's got to go. I mean he's got to go. He's not. I mean he's not a program builder. I mean it's. I think it's now. I I mean he's got to go. He's not going to get it done. Paul. Disagree. I disagree. Uh, how many years are you going to give the guy? What has he done since he's been there? What's the staple Michigan? Uh, what has he done? Has he built some great program? Has Not he a, built a great quarterback? You mark my words. Built a great team? Next year when my buddy's kid is starting. Oh. He'll, be, he'll be playing for another coach is what, it, what, what he'll be doing. <laughs> the Wolverines. He, should, he should be anyways. Hey, Big D, uh, Clemson avoided almost a, a big upset. I watched that Boston College game on Saturday, and uh, they barely got out of there 34-28, to 28, and they were home. Uh, you know, obviously, they're missing their you know, superstar quarterback, Trevor Well, he Lawrence. doesn't play defense. That's true. The defense wasn't there. Boston College was up big, but then they just went flat in the second half. So uh, that was that was something. And Cincinnati's looking good. Number six, Cincinnati rolled over Memphis, forty nine to ten. Number five, Georgia over Kentucky, fourteen three. The dogs are still in the race. Uh, Tulane trounced Temple, thirty eight to three, with thirty eight unanswered points. That's for my buddy Kevin Corcoran. I want to get that in there. And number four, Notre Dame is looking good, setting up a big, big matchup against Clemson next Saturday in Notre Dame. Will be the home team. It's not really um, big because he's not playing again. I know he's not playing, but still, it's going to be. It might be for, could be for number one. I don't know, but Ohio State seems to have a lot to say. They're really coming on strong, Big D, with QB Justin Fields, who's now one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy. Um, they they dominated number eighteen Penn State on the road, thirty-eight to twenty-five. Good game, and Alabama is still looking good too. Let's not forget the Tide. They rolled over Memphis State, forty-one to nothing. QB Mac Jones, two hundred ninety-one yards through the air and four touchdowns, looking well, I mean, good. Me, me, you, Paul, and Rick could roll over Memphis. The state. Come on. <laughs> they have no D. Of course, uh, I would carry the team. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and just one more big D. Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, no longer the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. I guess sitting out these COVID uh, uh, protocol weekends is costing him quite a bit. Um, right now, according to betonline.ag, Alabama quarterback Mac Jones is now the favorite to win college football's most prestigious award, and he's closely followed by Ohio State's Justin Fields, who's really a superstar. Right now, Mac Jones is a plus 125, and Justin Fields is a plus 150. Trevor Lawrence rounds it out as a plus 250 if you want to bet on these guys. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, lots to do in hour two. I've got a um, great article by Byron York talking about the hidden Trump vote and uh, yes it is a real thing and how much of it shows up 
uh, tomorrow. We got that. Uh, I'll give you some of the U.S. Senate and congressional races that we're going to watch. Um, from just the news, Trump has the lead over Bywell. Paul's kind of done that already. So I got stuff to do an hour or two, plus another edition of Is This English? Featuring, um, well, one of the men who wants to be president. <laughs> Give us a hint. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday night, day before the election. Polls open in less than, uh, well, now about 10 hours, 6 a.m. And I'll be online at 6 a.m. As you know, here in New York. But uh, we're going to throw it in anyways. Every vote's going to count. So get in line, get in line early. Stay there until uh, you're in. Don't listen to any of the noise. And... um, yeah, and, and I want to throw out a little bit of caution, too. When you are, if you are voting in person, if any of the poll people take your ballot and mark it, put any kind of pencil or pen mark on it, demand another ballot and have that one thrown away because that will, that will uh, affect your ballot. They, they will, it, it, it just will. Uh, whether it's being put in the machine, the machine might read it and then kick it out or not count it because it's going to say it, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's got that mark on it. So watch out for stuff like that. Little things like that. And I know it might sound, oh, that's conspiracy theory. Well, until no, it happens not. to you. Okay. Well, speaking of voter fraud, Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch had some ideas of what he's worried about. Cut 6G. Um, roll that. I'm concerned about voter fraud. I'm concerned about the, act, the activity of counting ballots that arrive after Election Day. Uh, and... Uh, in California, for instance, they're going to be counting ballots that arrive up to 17 days after the election. How do you like them apples? Six days in North Carolina. I think North Carolina, uh, the disputed period now is six days. Pennsylvania, I think it's three days. And they'll be, they could be counting people, ballots that don't even have a postmark under the rules, under the judicial mandate, really. Yeah. Now, other courts are intervening to say, no, you're not changing the rules. So it's it's not a, a complete loss all around, but you don't need it to be a complete loss all around because the lawlessness in one state can obviously, given the electoral college, uh, turn the election one way or the other. Yeah. So, and then Paul's been reporting on this. How many stories do you think? You're, what are you, about 40 or 50, right? As yeah, you keep it was looking? In, it was up to 54 before I just couldn't look at it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so as I said, Newt Gingrich was on with David Brody this afternoon. I played you the first clip. So here's the second follow-up to that. So Newt says he thinks Trump's going to, you know, get 330 and, and Democrats will be uh, <clears throat> crying in their cornflakes by late tomorrow night, which uh, we'll see. So then he, David Brody asked him why he thought that. And uh, cut 5G, here's what uh, the former Speaker of the House had to say. By pure luck, I happened to get on Saturday the... Uh, Institute for Democracy uh, poll. This is a British firm uh, that's been very, very accurate. 
uh, they clearly show Trump in the 320 plus range. Uh, I also that day saw the um, uh, the Des Moines Register poll, which historically uh, has been considered sort of the gold standard of state polling. And they came out and said that Trump was now seven points ahead, that uh, Joni Ernst, the Republican senator, was four points ahead, and they had a devastating line. They said, it's clear that Biden is fading. Now, the last thing you want going into the last weekend is to be told you're fading. But I don't know if you saw the video of uh, Biden and uh, Obama together, where at the beginning, mm -hmm. Obama introduces Biden. Biden doesn't hear him. <laughs> he repeats it. That. Biden doesn't hear him. Finally, the third time, Biden goes, oh, well, me, comes over. And then at the end of Biden's brief talk, he forgot to have his um, mask on. And, and Obama has to say to him, go get your mask. And he can't remember where he put it. And he looks like a little kid who knows he's screwed up. And I mean, you, you watch that <laughs> stuff and you think, you know, this, this guy's not capable of being president. That there's something... You know, he's not the person he was <laughs> Look, five or ten it. years ago. And frankly, <laughs> um, they probably shouldn't have put him out there to, to look this ridiculous. Yeah, he's right. I mean, Biden's just, I mean, he could barely complete sentences. He's, he, he's, that's a great point. I went back and found that footage. Yeah, I didn't see it when it happened. I mean, I didn't see it ori originally that part. I saw the the introduction that he didn't hear where he's just kind of standing there. Yeah, yeah, to call his name three times. <laughs> Joe Biden, it's time to come out. Yeah, well, I saw that too. But um, so here's the other thing that happened today, which um, again, if there's if there's anyone left on the fence, or anybody out there, Republicans, who are thinking, well, my vote's not really going to matter because I'm in New York or California. Every vote is going to matter. Every vote's going to matter in every place. Here is um, Bernie Sanders today. We've been talking about for months that Joe Biden is uh, basically, if he was, God forbid, to win, he's just going to be the weekend at Bernie's guy with the pen in his hand. Here, Joe, sign this. We don't know what it is. Right. Here's Bernie Sanders today on with AOC plus three, as the president would call him. And um, whoever told him that this was a good idea should be fired. Good, good for us, but a terrible idea for, for the other side. And Joe Biden cannot be, and his staff cannot be happy looking at this. Because this is not a good closing argument to, re to remind people ahead of time that uh, Joe Biden is just a figurehead, an empty suit. Here's Bernie today with AOC plus three. Roll that. Well, we understand that electing Biden is not the end all. It is the beginning. OK. And I think as the result of the work that all of you have done, Biden's proposals in this campaign are a lot stronger than they were in the primary. Alexandria uh, was on the uh, climate change task force, did a great job. Uh, and his proposals are stronger. Do they go as far as we would want? No, they don't. Okay. Full-blown Marxism. Biden, unlike Trump, does not conceive of himself as a dictator. That means you have your job in the House. I've got my job with others in the Senate. And we're not giving up on our agenda. For example, one area, you know, Biden wants to expand health care. That's good. Wants to lower prescription drug costs. That's great. 
wants the double funding for community health centers, very important. But you know and I know that at the end of the day, the only way that we're going to provide quality care to every man, woman, and child in an affordable way is through Medicare for All. And we ain't giving up on that struggle. All right? We're going to introduce Medicare for All. Believe me, we are. And we have, because of all of your efforts and the efforts of great doctors and nurses and others throughout the country, we got a majority of the people who support us. So thank you for that. Green New Deal, we ain't giving up on that. We know, my God, I mean, every day, I mean, the horrors that are going on on the West Coast right now, all over the world, Australia burning, West Coast burning. We have got to be bolder than ever before in tackling climate change. And as Alexandria and all of you have pointed out, we can create millions of good paying jobs as we do it. We're going to go forward on that issue, on criminal justice, on immigration. All right, we're not retreating. So our first task, we've made it clear to everybody, it's no great secret. Our first task, we got to defeat the worst president in the modern history of this country. And number two, we organize our people to make sure that Biden becomes the most progressive president since FDR. Good God. Good God. So, so there you go. It, 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 I mean, that could be a that could be a cabinet meeting under Biden for all we know now. Um, but Bernie's basically saying again, they're not hiding. They're not hiding it. You can't you can't go in and go. Oh, geez, if I knew they were going to do this, they are telling you what they want to do. He's telling you. They're telling you. AOC keeps telling. Nick Balsey on the street every time he finds her, we're going to push him left. We're going to push him left. Here's Bernie. We're not giving up on Medicare for all. Biden may say he's not for it, but don't matter. We're going to force him to do it. Remember something else. Chuck Schumer's running for re-election in 22. You know who he's going to be running against? He's going to be running against AOC. So you know what Chuck Schumer's going to have to do? God forbid he's in charge of the Senate. He's going to have to move hard left too to try to appease um her base so that he doesn't lose to her because he doesn't want to give up his power so he's going to move hard left in the senate make no mistake about it he's not going to lose to her or he's going to try not to so he's going to move hard left here you have bernie basically pushing full-blown communism almost saying we're not giving up green new deal 110 trillion as the president says we're going after that we're going to get rid of the filibuster we're going to stack we're going to stack the court we're going to add two states. We're going to add four senators. We're going to blur the line between citizen and non-citizen. And we're going to ram through every progressive piece of legislation we've ever dreamed of in the next two years if we get all three branches of government. I mean, if we get all three, not branches of government, but if we get all three, House, Senate, and Presidency. It's all going through. And that's, that's just another example right there. That's some scary stuff. That is absolutely frightening. And if people don't wake up and see that, it, it, again, anybody who's thinking of, oh, well, they're, they don't really mean it. Yes, they do. Like Damon said, they keep telling you what they're going to do. It's your dumb brain that doesn't process and go, oh, that can't happen here. Yes, it can. When you have idiots like this who are disguised as morons, um, you know, uh, gathering up people to, to think like them. And if you're one of those that thinks like them, guess what? You're part of the problem. You have to stop thinking like them because that is that those are the faces that want to um, basically take everything that you have. They do. And they're not being shy about it. 
Well, they're not stupid either, but I would argue that you think they're stupid. This, they, they know damn well right what they want to do. They're not stupid. This is what they think is good. This, this is. Did you hear Kamala Harris's um, video she put out, the little cartoon video she put out yeah, about man. equities not the same as equality? Yeah. We all have to start from the same place and end in the same place. Yeah, Did you all hear that? Yeah, I that saw that's, the, that's the whole everybody gets a trophy. Even that's if you whole, didn't, even if you didn't show up for the game, yep. you get a trophy. That's well, the whole, well, that's, that's Mouse China is what that is. Yeah, that's right. everyone gets a gray jumpsuit. They get in line and they do what they're told. Exactly. That's what that is. She could give a damn about the individual. Individual. She doesn't care about any, anything. You work harder than me, or you create something that allows you to to do really what she doesn't give a damn. No talk about that at all. all we got to all start from the same place. We all got to end in the same place. We all got to be playing on the same field. It's got everything's the same. No, not, forget the individual. Yep. That's out the window with these people. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. God forbid you don't want to be the common man or the common woman. That doesn't matter in this world. Right. You know, this is where it's, it's all, you know, there's no, um, Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm just, I can't even look but, at it anymore. You know what? Starting, starting from the same place is fine. You know, we all, you know, <sighs> exactly. everybody gets the same opportunity. It's what you make of it. But the ending at the same place, I'm sorry, that's where the differences are. Let's face it. If you've got a, if you've got a great job, if you save properly, if you built a nest egg, that is yours. What she's saying is that, well, just because you have more than everybody else, that doesn't mean anything because we're going to take it. And spread it around so everybody else has some. We're going to all end. Right. End at the same place. Equality and equity are two different things. We all got to end on the same place. Got a nice 401k? Guess what? They, they think the government should have your 401k. That's, what, that's the way they think. It's, it's just, I, it's so frustrating. I want to scream. Okay, just scream on the mic if you're going to scream. <laughs> um, well, so, the, I mean, that's... I mean, they're not hiding it. That could be Bernie's um, cabinet right there. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. More to do. We're back right after this. The American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're gonna be there. We're gonna be fair, we're gonna be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's voice. All right, live from Studio 6P on a Monday night, getting ready for Election Day tomorrow. Everybody's got to go out and vote. Bring somebody with you, at least at least somebody, if not more than somebody. Three, four, five people. I'm meeting a group of people tomorrow morning. We're getting up early. We may even tailgate, cook some breakfast. <laughs> nice. And get ready for 6 o'clock and then go in there and send it in for the uh, president. Nice. And as we were saying in social media, it's not just about the president. It's about the president tomorrow. It's about our country tomorrow. It's about all these races. It's about the House and the Senate. About the crooked DOJ. It's about all of that. It's about getting to the bottom of um, 
Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the laptop, what if Joe Biden to Bob Alinsky, all of that's on the line. Comey, Brennan, Clapper, uh, all of that's on the line. Or everything that's happened to General Flynn, Sidney Powell, and all of them's on the line. Does Chris Ray get fired? Do we have an FBI that gets cleaned out? The intelligence agency get cleaned out? Uh, is he able to take all that? And, and, and uh, that's all on the Everything is on the damn line tomorrow. Everything. It's pretty freaking exciting. <laughs> if you stop and think about it. Well, you know, it really shouldn't. As I've said multiple times, it, it, the way our founders founded this republic, and it is like a republic, let's remember, most people, democracy. Uh, not republic. Every, never should we all ever think everything be on the line in one election. But you have this party that's moved so hard left and are, are not hiding what they want to do. And, and, and you know what? And I think that's their downfall. Well, is we'll that see. They, is that they moved so hard left that the people that they normally could count on, and again, I go back to Debbie the Dingle, Dingle Bat um, saying that she's talking to these auto workers, expecting them. She, she kind of just expected them to come home, and they did, they're not coming home. But are there enough of them? Are there enough blue-collar workers in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, Detroit? Um, are there enough of them that break that way? I think so, is especially when you, when you look at the celebrity angle, too. People hate celebrities, you know, forcing their opinions on. You have to do this. Shut up. You live, you live in a gilded castle. Shut your face. I live in the real world. They, they don't want to be lectured to by these people. Shut up. Play your music. Do your dance. Uh, throw your ball. And then shut up. Yeah, because you're my entertainment. Jester boy. Entertain me. Dance. Right. Shut up. You're the bear on the bicycle at the circus. Ride the bicycle, shut up, and ride it so I can eat my popcorn, laugh at you, and then go home happy. All right, let's do um, Is This English? I have a new episode, episode six, and I I really haven't given the audience, they're going to need it, uh, enough time here to probably formulate an answer. So uh, Is This English? Episode six. Roll it, G. (laughs) Rock and I think it's a right for people to have bad care. (laughs) <laughs> all right we'll give it to you um we'll give it to you one more time we'll give it to you one more time brock and joe feel it's a right for you to have something and i want you to let me know what that something is one more time here it is uh is this english roll it g brock and i think it's a right for people to have bad and kept care I love the pause care. you gave it too before the music kicked back on. Okay, so there you go. You can um, you can weigh in uh, at LFS6B on Facebook, at LFS6B on Twitter, uh, YouTube, live from Studio 6B Show, uh, Instagram, LFS6B Show, and you can let us know what it is that Barack Obama and Joe Biden feel is uh, right for you to have. I thought it was bariatric pressure uh, healthcare, but whatever. And we still have gotten a lot of good. Um, we've gotten a lot of good entries on our our one from last week, which I don't think we have anymore. I should have told you to keep that one, G. I forgot. Uh, is the English episode five from last week? That's got um, 
approaching 100,000 views, I believe, on Facebook and a lot of answers. And we're taking answers still on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, we've got some good ones. We should probably get them together maybe for tomorrow night and see. So, um, all right, let's do a couple other things here. So there's an article in, this is the Washington Examiner by Byron York, who I always think is pretty, pretty spot on. And he writes, yes, there is a hidden Trump vote. And he says, a man who came to President Trump's giant rally at a local airport Saturday night said he knew someone who planned to vote for Trump, but felt too intimidated to say so publicly. I asked who it was. It was his mother, he answered. But she would kill him if she found out that I told anyone. Quote, there are a lot of people who are too afraid to put up a sign for Trump, he said, explaining that his neighborhood, more than an hour away, was mixed between Trump and Biden voters, black and white voters. During the protest that followed the death of George Floyd, he said, I pulled the Trump magnet off my Jeep. Everybody took their signs down. People don't want to be a target. At some pro-Trump events around Pennsylvania in the last week, the president's event, a big road rally that stretched over three states, a small event for Trump volunteers and activists featuring Ivanka Trump, and in in other conversations, a large number of people who openly support Trump said they knew someone personally who would vote for the president but would not publicly acknowledge doing so. They pointed to the most difficult question of the campaign, how to measure the true number of people who will vote for President Trump. The phenomenon of so-called shy Trump voters is without a doubt real. But how big is it? At the Trump events, it's big, if mostly unspoken. At the Butler rally, Corey from Freeport said her sister and her father did not vote for Trump in 2016, but planned to vote for him this time around. Dana from Lower Burrell said she knew people involved in the oil and gas industry who did not vote at all in 2016, but who plan to vote for Trump now. Quote, Biden will shut us down, she said. We'll be out of work. Van from Cannonsburg, Cannon, Cannonsburg was one of them, also in the oil and gas business. He said he did not vote for 25 years. Now, after a few years in the oil and gas prosperity, he said he will definitely be voting for President Trump. Uh, At the road rally, nearly everyone said they knew someone who was too fearful or intimidated or just too private to say they will vote for Trump. I know people in their 50s who haven't voted their entire lives that are going to vote for Trump, said Patrick from Beaver County. Bradley from Monroeville said that not only uh, he knew such people, but he was close to them. I've got family who have never voted, he said. Uh, Sam DeMarco is the chairman of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County and also an elected Allegheny County councilman at large. Allegheny uh, County, which includes Democratic Pittsburgh, went for Hillary Clinton with 56.5% of the vote in 2016 to Trump's 40%. In an interview Sunday, DeMarco said shy Trump voters, quote, most definitely exist in this county. Some are in the upper middle class suburbs where Trump supporters just don't want to deal with the social aspects of neighbors asking, how can you vote for this guy? But others are in traditional Democratic strongholds. I'm an elected official, he said. I have at least a dozen Democratic elected officials telling me that they're going to vote for Trump. (laughs) They say they don't like where their party's gone. It's too far left. But as Democratic elected officials, they can't come out and say it. 
Uh, and this goes on for a while, this article. I'll link to it on our Twitter and our Facebook. But um, that's the question. How much uh, is there and how much of it shows up tomorrow besides his base, which has to show up 100%, and they have to bring somebody with them? But uh, we'll, we'll know all these answers in um, less than uh, two weeks. hopefully not We're just normal people talking about the issues, the way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Glad you're in. Elections tomorrow. It's time to step up. This president's fought for us for four years. Time for us to put him on our back and carry him across the finish line tomorrow, if we can. And every vote's going to count, and every vote's going to matter. And you got to get out. You got to bring people with you, and you got to get out. What kind of country do you want to live in? What kind of country do you want to leave to your next generation, to your kids, to the grandkids? It's all on the line. I hate saying that. Because it never should be that way in one election. But it is truly all on the line. So we'll be here tomorrow night. I don't know what we're going to do because by seven o'clock, such a huge deal. Maybe I, I maybe do, maybe I'll early. do seven to eight. I'll come in at seven. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, uh, I'll come we'll in as well. Maybe we'll go live Facebook at seven and cover what we can and see what happens. You know, it's going to be kind of a weird night because we can't really, I mean, we got to wait for things to unravel before we can talk about them. So we'll uh, do the best we can. But uh, yeah, we'll put, we'll put it together. So we'll figure it out. Um, we'll put something on social media during the day. So, um, all right. So do you want to do some news here, Paul? Look, let, let me go through, before we do news, let's go through a couple things here that we need to watch tomorrow. I gave you a couple of these already, but some Senate and congressional races to pay attention to tomorrow. Obviously, uh, one of the bigger ones is South Carolina. Lindsey Graham and this guy, Jamie Harrison. Uh, Harrison's a former aide to James Clyburn. He had a tough hill to climb. This is from, I'm reading from the New York Post right now. Uh, Harrison, a former aide to Republican uh, Representative James Clyburn, had a tough hill to climb in challenging Lindsey Graham, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. But his candidacy has been fueled by Democrats criticizing President Trump's uh, picking Amy, Amy Coney Barrett as his Supreme Court nominee, you know, so basically like following the Constitution, you're not allowed to do that, uh, ushered her confirmation through his committee. Harrison broke congressional fundraising records when he raised $57 million in the final quarter of his race, leading Lindsey Graham to plead for funds during television appearances. Real Clear Politics average of the polls considered the race pretty much a toss-up. Uh, number two, in Maine, Senator Susan Collins, who in any other damn year, I would lose one ounce of sleep for her losing, 
uh, versus Sarah Gideon in Maine. But you can't, you know, you can't have that attitude this year. Even Lindsey yeah. Graham. I know. Even Mitch McConnell. Get him out. But Rhinos. not this year. This is a straight party line election because it's that important that we hold the Senate, try to take back the House, and certainly need to win the presidency. Uh, Susan Collins has always been considered a moderate, but she took hits from Democrats for veering too close to Trump's agenda, backing his 2017 tax plan, backing Brett Kavanaugh, um, and voting to acquit Trump after he was impeached. Of course, it was over nothing. They leave that part out of the story. But as a sign of how uh, precarious her race is, Collins, who has served since 1996, was the only Senate Republican to vote against Amy Coney Barrett. Gideon, the Democrat, is the Speaker of the Maine House. She called Collins' vote a political calculation. The Cook Political Report and Real Clear Politics rate this race as a toss-up. Uh, Colorado Cory, Senator Cory Gardner versus John Hickenlooper, who I believe used to be the governor. Um, Hickenlooper, the former Democratic governor, there you go, has launched sustained attacks at Cory Gardner for saying he would support Amy Coney Barrett's election in the weeks before the election. Now, just, I mean, how, is, how amazing is it that the Democrats can use, hey, this guy's doing what the Constitution says the Senate's supposed to do and the president's supposed to do, so we, we can't have that. Yeah, that would so be So I got to run against this guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really attack him for doing what the constitutional, uh, his constitutional duty. Uh, Gardner's also running in a state that voted for Hillary Clinton by five points over Trump. Uh, this, lace, uh, this race, according to Cook and, Real, and RCP, is leaning Democrat. Arizona, McSally versus Mark Kelly. I told you about that one. In Alabama, Senator Doug Jones, who, of course, took over when Sessions. How this guy, I mean, I don't know. How this guy's, this Democrat got elected is uh, beyond me. Tommy Tuberville is who he's running against, a former head football coach of Auburn football, who's very well known, obviously, in the state. Um, this one's leaning Tuberville's way. Uh, Tom Tillis and Cal Cunningham in North Carolina. This one's pretty amazing because this guy, Cal Cunningham, is uh, somewhat of a slime as he got caught texting and having affairs with women who are not his wife. But somehow, shockingly, it doesn't seem to have hurt him in the polls that much. Oh, he's a Democrat. They don't care. They just, they, you know, orange man bad, Damon. Orange man bad. Very, very bad. Well, I mean, he has nothing to do with his text to other women. No, but, but I'm saying it, it, the ends justify the means as far as the Democrats are concerned. Look, exactly. look at Virginia. They still have, they still have a governor who, who dressed up in blackface. I mean, they, these Democrats are so... Uh, you club a baby seal on stage and they'll still vote for Biden. Right. Um, in Georgia, Senator David Perdue... Uh, against Democrat John Ossoff. Uh, Ossoff has led the incumbent Republican in the polls, but within the margin of error in the bitterly fought race and pulled ahead in fundraising following Purdue's seemingly intentional mangling of Senator Kamala Harris's name. That's the reason? Purdue dropped out of their final debate schedule for Sunday night in favor of attending a Trump rally after the two candidates traded insults. Ossoff has slammed Purdue as a crook 
and said he denied the coronavirus pandemic. Purdue accused Ossoff of backing radical socialist policies, which, of course, is true. Uh, they say this race is a toss-up. Joni Ernst, Teresa Greenfield in Iowa. It does seem that Ernst, um, in the last couple, they say this is a toss-up, but it seems Ernst kind of goes with, with where the president goes, and he's now up seven. So I think that's probably a good sign for her. In Texas, John Cornyn against M.G. Hager. Uh, again, that would be a shock. I mean, and again, in any regular year, would I hate to see Cornyn go? Not at all. But uh, not this year. Uh, Senator uh, Republican, I'm sorry, rep- Representative, easy for me to say, Connor Lamb versus Republican Sean Parnell in Pennsylvania. And this, of course, is the race that old Jake Tapper got caught uh, trying to influence as he tried to tell Sean Parnell not to run. Um, so this, this race is one to keep an eye on as well because obviously it's in Pennsylvania. And it's the same idea. Will uh, the president be able to uh, line up and pull Sean Parnell in this race? So that'll be one to keep an eye on. Uh, There's a race in Staten Island. I don't know that anybody cares about Max Rose versus Nicole Maliotakis. Maliotakis, the Republican state assemblywoman, has tried to link Rose to Mayor Bill de Blasio's progressive agenda. Uh, So there's that one. Uh, there's a race in Florida, Debbie Powell versus Carlos Jimenez in Florida. Uh, Jeff Van Drew versus the Democrat Amy Kennedy in New Jersey. Uh, Devin Nunez, I can't imagine he could possibly be in trouble, though, in Cal- but it is California. Phil Arbalo in California's uh, 22nd. And so those are the races, according to the New York Post, to keep an eye on tomorrow. Obviously... Georgia and South Carolina would be the two biggest states to watch, I think, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, all right, let's do some more news here with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? All right, so uh, nine months after the beginning of the global coronavirus pandemic, there's still no public independent investigation into the origins of the virus that came out of China. In an investigation published by the New York Times, the newspaper concludes that the Chinese government failed to cooperate in any way with the World Health Organization as it purportedly attempts to understand the source of the virus. The article calls for the WHO over the last months as both indispensable and impotent as The United Nations affiliated group has led a significant effort to disseminate information about the testing, treatment, and possible vaccines. Another performance factor that even champions the WHO are being forced to consider the group's willingness to bend the knee to China. Uh, The Times writes, even many of its supporters have been frustrated with the organization's secrecy, its public praise for China, and its quiet concessions. Uh, However, the ruling Chinese Communist Party appears to be stifling some major aspects of the investigation's independence. Uh, The WHO, for instance, will not disclose the details of the negotiations with the Chinese governments and is refusing to provide member nations of the U.N. standing body an outline of the terms of its investigation. Furthermore, the Times uh, than the WHO has agreed that critical elements of the investigation be led by Chinese scientists. And the Beijing has been allowed to approve a list of outside investigators working on the investigation of themselves. <laughs> I can't do the news anymore. I quit. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They're letting the mafia investigate the mafia. 
Well, what was the thing you said when we had that story? It's like they have in the, uh, the Gambino. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. That's like what? The Castellanos yeah. murder in front of Sparks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, so the word is that Dr. Tedros may have coronavirus. I heard that today as well. Although he says he's showing those symptoms. Yeah, that guy's a real credible guy. He's like, so. you know, it's just amazing what, how this guy's placed as the head of the, of, of the WHO. Meanwhile, he's like, you know, a war criminal in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is owned by China, so they placed their puppet at, at the UN. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. We're all taking our marching orders from, from a war criminal. Yeah, This whole thing makes me sick. A uh, couple minutes here. Let's dip in just here, the president. I, I heard he had mic problems, and the report is that him going off on the sound people is actually funnier than the actual what he's saying at the uh, <laughs> what he's saying in the actual speech. He, they said that was great, I guess, whenever the sound gave him problems. So let's hear this a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, now that the election's over, we're going to open it up, right? But uh, you can't do that. That's a very, very dangerous decision by the Supreme Court. I guess it was a political decision. I don't know what it was. I don't know what they were thinking. And you know what? Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't be speaking this way. I'm very disappointed on behalf of this country that a thing like this could happen. Because we could be waiting for weeks before we ever find out what's going on. The whole world is waiting for this decision. It's a very sad, it's a very sad thing, and hopefully it's going to be changed. Hopefully their wisdom, and they have wisdom, hopefully their wisdom will prevail and they'll do something. And lawyers will be going in and they'll be fighting and, you know, but people, in fact, it's all over television tonight. I'm coming from place to place and I'm, the good thing about Air Force One, it's got more televisions than any hotel room in the world, okay? <laughs> you have them on the floors, you have them on the ceilings. You have them all over, and, and you see the, the comments that are being made about the decision. And some of the pros are saying, this is a very dangerous decision for our country because so many things, I mean, they're going to say, well, how many votes short are we? We need 6,000 votes. Well, let's take 6,000 of these. We'll put them over here. Let's take 6,000 of these. It's going to be cheating. It's going to be cheating. It's like they're putting these people, and you know what? We don't consider the people that have been running elections in Philadelphia to be All right, let's take a break. We'll uh, jump back in here to the president in just a little bit. Wrap it up here on a Monday night. Get ready to go to the polls tomorrow. American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're going to be there. We're going to be fair. We're going to be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's voice. All right, live from Studio 6 p.m. on Monday night, day before Election Day. Here we go. Getting closer. 
Let's take a look at uh, Rick Delgado's electoral map that he put together. Rick Delgado's map. G, if you could. Yes. All right, here we go. We've got uh, Trump 356. Yes. Biden 181. Wow. Yeah, you know what? And and I'm surprised that Biden got over 180, to be honest with you. But as you can see, there are certain uh, certain states there, I think, uh, you know, uh, our, our very own home state. Of New York. Yes. You have red. Okay. Mm. I have it leaning red. Same with New Jersey, which nobody's talking about, uh-huh. which has been just as affected as New Yorkers. When you talk about people that are unhappy with the leadership, what the Democratic Party has been doing, how they've been locking things down, how, they, how they've been destroying their lives. I think you're going to see backlash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything you have a question on? I, I didn't. No, I, I was. No. I was thinking California too, but I couldn't. I couldn't no. pull the trigger. No. On California just yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. What? Okay. What? No, nothing. What? Nothing. Nothing. Nah. You know. Nah. All right. Let's do sports with uh, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, we got Monday Night Football. We got a little bit of an upset in the making at halftime as the New York Giants lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14-6. to Tom Brady is just not getting it done, even though he's 16-24 for 132 yards. However, Ryan Sukup added a field goal with uh, 11 seconds to go to bring it to 14-6. to So, interesting game brewing over in Tampa. Um, no rodeo or bull riding this weekend. However, next couple of weeks are going to be very busy. I'll have a lot to report on. We have a uh, rodeo in Utah as well as Kansas on Friday, and in 10 days, we have the big Pro Bowl riding finals we'll be reporting on down in Dallas, Texas. Um, and then a quick NFL recap, Big D. I can't go through all the games, so sorry if I missed one of your teams. However, Buffalo edge no, we New have England. some time. We, we got, you, got, you got three, four minutes. You can okay. go through whatever. Okay, big day. Uh, Buffalo edge New England, 24-21. to 21. Looks like uh, Patriots uh, coach Bill Belichick is getting ready to start a fire sale down there in New England. Um, Cincinnati over Tennessee, 31-20. to 20. Cincy rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, 249 yards and two touchdowns passing. Young man is coming of age very quickly. Keep an eye, Cincinnati. Looking good. We need Ohio, and uh, <laughs> let's see Ohio do some good work with Cincinnati. Boy, Bengals. Bill Belichick threw the whole damn team under the bus, huh? He said, well, we sold out. Yeah. To uh, be able to win those championships. We sold out. We won them. We went to another one and lost. Went to another uh, AFC championship and lost. But basically, at this point, it's a fire sale, he said. Yeah. He basically said, we sold out for the championships, and now we're basically doomed. We paid this quarterback a million bucks, and we're not going anywhere. So... That was pretty rough. And a million bucks is not a lot of money no. by NFL standards. So Cam Newton, no. yeah, he's not getting a good ride with the, uh, no. the old coach I mean, there he either. He fumbled the game away. Yeah. They had it. I mean, the worst case scenario, they're going to tie it up at the end there with 30 seconds up, but he coughs it up. Yeah. I bet you right Oof. now Bill Belichick has his old giant jersey on watching this Tampa game with uh, you know, good old Brady down there. <laughs> and uh, so we have Las Vegas 16-6 to over Cleveland. Indy dominated Detroit 41-21. to Pittsburgh Steelers squeaked by Baltimore. Great game, 28-24. Steelers have an NFL best 7-0 record. Uh, Minnesota. Upset at Green Bay in Lambeau. Uh, unbelievable game. Dalvin Cook, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Cook became the first player to score a touchdown in each of his team's first four possessions of a game since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970. So that's something to be be, be uh, noted. And New York Jets crushed by Kansas City, of course, 35-9. to Patrick Mahomes continues to be a superstar. 416 yards, five touchdowns against a really Swiss cheese defense. But uh, KC is now 7 
seven and one, and the Jets, uh, you know, trying to win that Lawrence Bowl if he does come out at zero and eight. Miami over the Rams, twenty-eight to seventeen, and Miami QB Tua Tagovailoa's first start. Young man got his first win, and uh, New Orleans clipped Chicago in OT, twenty-six to twenty-three. Seattle over the Niners, 37-27. and Philadelphia over Dallas in a real, uh, real bummer of a game last night, twenty-three to nine. Well, it's not a bummer if you live in Philly. Yeah, but you know what? Wins didn't look too good either, Big D. Well, they won the game. What's the point of playing? Win the game. Right? You got it. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's move to the NHL real quick. Uh, well, let's hurry N- up, too. All right. You got it. <laughs> NHL will play at least 48 regular season games during 2021. With a January start, the NHL is looking to play that same format they did, did back in the strike-shortened season of 2012 and 2013. By playing 48 games, they want to get the season wrapped up, Stanley Cup finals and all, before the Tokyo Olympics in July. So uh, NHL, like I said, cutting it down for 48. We'll see what happens. And that's a wrap in sports big day. Let's all see right. your map. Well, before we get to mine, um, so as I said, tomorrow's the day that we got to step up. And I I believe, after thinking about this for a long time, looking at what Ronna McDaniel puts out every night for these rallies, seeing my own eyes, what's going on, uh, I believe in the end that people in this country uh, believe in our Constitution, believe in the founding ideals of the country, believe in the nuclear family. Uh, believe in hard work, believe in um, that you should be able to keep what you earn, believe that they want to salute the flag, believe that when they see a police officer, they want to shake their hand or someone who serves in the military. And I believe this president has stood up for us for four years. And um, he is the only thing standing between the country that we all grew up in that we want to live for our kids and um, one that does not look like that in any a semblance of it. So given all of that and thinking about it, here's my map. <laughs> my map Drifkings. is a 50 state sweep. You wow. 538 wow. to zip. And I'm also calling for him to win the damn popular vote as well. Because I think America stands up tomorrow and says, no chance, no chance. You, this, enough. Of everything he's been put through, everything he's, no other person could have withstood what he's withstood. No other person could have gotten done what he's gotten done, given the circumstances. And I believe everything tomorrow comes to a culmination of people who will not say who they support, but down deep will not send someone in to run this country who can barely speak English. They will not send Bernie Sanders. AOC plus three, Kamala Harris to be the first woman president of the country and for that agenda to be our agenda for the next four years. I don't believe it. And I don't believe it that it's just going to be 50-50. I believe people are going to stand up tomorrow and in the end say, no, no chance. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. So I'm going for 50 states. Popular vote. I'm going for the whole ball of wax because Ronna McDaniel says to us every damn time they have a rally that there's a huge percentage of people, and unless they're lying, and we'll find out, that there's a huge number of people that aren't registered Republicans, yep. that haven't voted before, that are Democrats. So either they're lying through their teeth, and if they're not lying through their teeth, and all those people show up, 
and the weather is supposed to be good across the country. So I'm calling for a blitz, and I'm calling for a big old egg for him. Send him to the dog track where he belongs and send the whole damn party out on the, <laughs> to the ash heap of history with their, social, with their whole agenda. And um, they can go recoup and come back in two and four years and think about it again. But I just can't see this country voting for that agenda. I can't see it. No. So, damn it, 538 to nothing. Oof. All right. That's, that's, that's kind of bold. Are you glad I, I like it? my map? Not Bang. bold. We take, like all fi- we take all 50 tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings. Finally, he's optimistic. As always, we salute. Till tomorrow. Our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Everybody on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. It's going to be great coverage tomorrow. Lock it in on Real America's Voice all day tomorrow. We'll see you maybe at 7, definitely at 8. Live from Studio 6B. Go vote!